the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, how about that, Larry? We made it another week. It is time for the Larry Rosenthal Show, and here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself, live here in studio on September the 11th. Larry? Yes, Chris, and good morning. How are you today? So far, so good. So far, so good. Remembering our fallen heroes from today a little bit. We are. You know, it's uh, uh, just a tough way to start the show off, definitely. You know, and, and we just we just praise God for for everything. And, and you know, this is the, the uh, for everything, you know, good in our lives. And, and uh, you know, this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and we just want to send out a special remembrance to to the nation, to to remembering the victims, honoring the first responders, the military, police force, fire department, other citizens that were helping on that day back in twenty back in two thousand and one, and and today too honoring the police, the fire, uh, the first response, uh, first responders, and our military, both retired and active. You know, we we just want to we just want to send out a great big thank you to the service that they've done back then, between then and now, today and in the future as well for our country, to serving our country. You know, the days after nine eleven, Chris, we were very unified. Very unified as a nation. You know, Betsy Ross created our flag a long time ago, right, as a symbol, what, to unify America back in the infancy stages of our country as it was growing. We pledge allegiance to that flag, uh, you know, and, and it brought us together in the early years of our nation. And uh, we're still absolutely the greatest country in, on the planet. We need to be unified in Christ as Americans, not with political affiliations one way or the other, but through Jesus. You know, and so we just we just praise the Lord and thank God for our nation. Pray that He continues to bless our nation, and just a huge, huge remembrance going out to the victims and honoring them and their families, and of course our military first responders, 
and and everyone along the lines there. So so you know this 20th anniversary tough day to get through. It touched a lot of Americans one way or the other very personally. Amen. So um, yep, absolutely. So thanks for bringing that up, Chris. And um, you know let's uh, you know I always start the show off each week with a little bit of what's going on in the markets, the economy. We want to take a look down the road and around the corner, if we can, to help you manage your investments, help you understand the proper way to do things. And, you know, this past week kind of reminded me a little bit of worry is very expensive. (laughs) Worrying is extremely expensive. Oh, my wife must be spending lots of money then. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, so the markets this week lost some ground. The markets yeah. were down a little bit this this first week or this last uh, past week here in September, and and you know why why was it down? Why was the markets down? Why did we see so much volatility this week? You know, Friday, you know, you took a look at the markets around three three fifteen, and they were up pretty good, you know, reasonably well, only to see a pretty big sell off in the latter latter minutes of the market action yesterday. What's going on? Worry is very expensive. Mm. You know, this got me thinking, and I pulled out some charts. I wish I could, I could, I could show everybody these charts right here on the, on the air. You know, you take a look at, just pick a year, 1980, 1950, 1972, 1992, 2000, 2015. Just pick a year. Anywhere between back then and today, if we had reacted to worry and sold out Every time things got a little shaky in the markets each time all along the way, we'd have never got back in. You know, so there's a chart here that shows all the dips along the way of the stock market from 1926 through today. So you as an investor, just pick a year. Just pick a year, you know. What about COVID, you know, 2020? Pick a year. When did you get out? When did you get back in? You take a look at the history of the stock market and the performance in any period of time, and then you compare it with the average investor, the average investor's return, and there is a substantial difference because worry is very expensive. People tend to get out when they should be getting in. People tend to get in when they should be getting out. Mm-hmm. And so worry is very expensive in the market. Really and that goes to the point of, un- of taking the emotions out of it, taking a good under- getting a good understanding and a firm grasp on, you know, just feel the, the asset allocation, the diversification inside your portfolios. That's what you need to be looking at. There's all kinds of ways to go about doing that, you know. But stocks gave up gains uh, this week, mainly due to uh, fears of the new Delta variant. Uh, around the globe as well here in the U.S., and we're starting to see more and more inflation pressures. You know, uh, price data again pointed to higher inflation. Labor Department said this past week that prices in the U.S. Uh, rose 0.7 in August, uh, which is a little bit higher than than uh, anticipated. And, um, uh, you know, so, so PPI also rose 8.3% on a year-over-year basis, up from 7.8% in July, which was the largest increase since November of 2010. So we're starting to see more and more of this. But, you know, one of the big issues here, is, and, and this, is, this is where the question becomes, is, is inflation going to be with us or is it going to be transitory? You know, we're seeing bottlenecks, more and more bottlenecks and supply chain distributions. You know, and that's causing rising transaction costs, if you will. You know, uh, it, it, it really, really is. You know, con- continual 
continuing, you know, the the material impact of it all around the global ecu- uh, economy. It's, it's it's very very tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so so that's kind of where where we are with things. You know, um, you know when when you take when you boil it all down and, and take a good look at it all. So so and that's part of the worry that we've seen this past week in the markets. We've seen more and more reports on the Delta variant. We've seen more and more reports on inflation, questions about people going back to work. More, you know, the Congress right now is is fighting over the next stimulus type package, infrastructure. You know, let's let's go back and and rewind the tape a little bit here. The Senate passed a 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure package. It went to the House, and the House wants to add another three and a half trillion to this. With different various things. I just take know. one of those checks out of the government book, you know. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, they must have got a hold of Bob's checkbook. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, was. right? You know, as far as that goes, right? I don't know. Another couple of zeros? No problem. <laughs> right, right. Do you have any zeros is in a trillion? <laughs> a a lot. lot. Right, yeah. exactly, oh, exactly. God. That That's exactly right. You know, but we're going to continue to see until we get supply chains back up and running, microchip shortages, and that's expected to persist it well into 2022. And that, that's covering all types of things, washer machines and, and TVs and automobiles and all kinds of stuff, you know, as far as all that goes, you know. So, so what does this mean and, 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 and going forward, looking at the Fed? You know, the Fed is, is really looking to try and lower its balance sheet. They've mm-hmm. been wanting to do that for quite some time. And so it looks like, you know, next week, uh, September 20th, 21st, they're, they're gonna, or week after, they're, they're going to be having um, – uh, you know, their next meeting. We're not expecting them to announce any tapers uh, as far as bond buying programs go, but we expect that to, to come in, in either October or November. I've been saying that all along. It looks like they're, they're targeting towards November, which is a good thing. But then the question becomes, you know, if, if, if they're one of the largest purchasers of bonds and we don't have that demand, that could mean bond prices could slightly drop and interest rates go up. And now you've got more concerns with the debt ceiling. And time's running out on the debt ceiling right now, you know, with, with Congress. Uh, Secretary um, uh, of the Treasury Janet Yellen just said this past week, you know, hey, look, they've been conserving cash. Uh, but sooner or later, we're going to have to raise the debt ceiling again, uh, you know. And, and uh, President Biden's talking about, well, let's couple it with some extra uh, money because of hurricane relief that we want to put in. And so they're trying to couple a lot of these things together. And so, you know, again, going back to the theme today, worry is very expensive, (laughs) right? Worry is very expensive. There's not a time in the history of our markets when all this kind of stuff wasn't going on. You can change the names of the players. You can change the events. But all these things are consistently happening there. Then you separate all of this noise, if you will, and look at facts. Look at the underpinning principles of the markets and the economy. Why do people buy stock to begin with? They buy it based off the future anticipation of corporate earnings. If company A says, hey, things don't look too good, and company B says, we can't keep our inventory on the shelf, which stock do you want to buy? Oh, yeah. And so you go back always to looking at the fundamentals. What is the Fed doing with monetary policy? We have a very accommodative Federal Reserve right now. The Fed wants to continue expansion. The Fed wants to get back to maximum employment. The Fed wants to see wages rising. The Fed also wants to keep inflation in check, and they are producing a soft landing right now. With the Federal Reserve, you take a look at what Ben Bernanke said in 2006. 13, I think it was, 
when we had the taper tantrum. And he said, yeah, we're going to stop the bond buying program or curtail it down. We're going to taper it down. The market dropped about 5% in a, in a period of a couple of days. This Fed's now saying, hey, guess what? We're going to be tapering our bond buying program down probably October, November of this year and well into next year. The market digested that fine. You know, so the Fed has has telegraphed it for us. You know, they they forecast it for us pretty much, and so so that's you know giving us a, an opportunity for a soft landing as far as all that goes. So, um, I'm loving know. these I'm loving these terms. These are great. You know, taper yeah. t- taper tantrum. And- it is a taper tantrum. That's for sure, Chris. <laughs> but my point is this. My point is this. Expect some volatility going forward until we sort of figure out which way inflation's going, when the Fed's going to act, what Congress is going to do with the debt ceiling, okay? We've got kind of, you know, we're, we're winding down to earnings season. So for the next few weeks, until we crank up earnings season again until the second week in October, for the next few weeks, there's not going to be a whole lot reported on the markets as far as earnings and corporate earnings and stuff like that goes. So kind of a quiet time when you look at the main fundamental reasons why people buy stock. Again, worry is very expensive, okay? And I just can't express that enough. Stay diversified. Stay within your portfolios. Keep your risk-adjusted view proper and keep things going forward. So so that's that's sort of the key on where we are today. Hold on, and you know, and I was—I had a uh, meeting this past week with a a uh, b- bunch of financial advisors were there, and and we were talking about, you know, just just you know, working with clients and and investment management and and research and just all different kinds of things, and and how many you know, financial planners just to take to screw in a light bulb? A uh, lot, because you hold the light bulb and you move the house around, right? Yeah, very good, very good. There I like you yours. go, right? Yeah, there there you go. So we're always thinking out of the box, Chris. It's pretty good. Hey, so, but, you know, th- think about it. And, and one of the things that I was pointing out is that clients, investors, are not in competition with the stock market. You're not in competition with your aunt. You're not in competition with your neighbor or your friend. You're in competition with your own personal financial plan. Uh, it's easier said than done, though. I mean, you know. It is easier said than done because of the emotion involved. Yeah. And that's why, Chris, worry is expensive. <laughs> yeah. When people worry and they start making emotional decisions on their investments, it becomes costly. Mm-hmm. It really does, and and statistics show that throughout the years. So, hey, if you want to get a, get get some information on the proper diversification, excuse me, you can visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Fire us off an email. Be more than happy to send you out our kit on diversification, on asset class selection, how you should be looking at your investments today. In addition to that, next week, this week coming up on September, what is it, September 15th, Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this coming Wednesday, there it is. We've got two webinars going on, one from 11 to 12 Eastern Time and then one from 7 to 8 Eastern Time. Uh, we're going to be doing the basics of estate planning. I'm going to demonstrate how to how uh, you can open up an investment account or any type of an account, the 11 different ways to title an asset. 11 different ways that you can title an asset. We're going to talk about the taxes. We're going to talk about estate planning, wills, trust, probate, uh, taxes involved with estate planning as well. So this webinar is free. There's no cost for it. We're having 
Two sessions, September 15th on Wednesday from 11 to 12 Eastern and then from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. There's no cost for it. Simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click the seminar icon at the top right-hand corner, and just register. It takes you about 30 seconds to do that. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, and you can follow us on Facebook as well. So go check it out. We're going to be doing this webinar. We already, we've got a lot of people from all around the country registered for this. It's a lot of fun. We're bringing this one back because of demand. We're it's bringing awesome. this it's webinar back because people have asked for it again. We did this same exact webinar at the beginning of the year, and there's just a lot of information uh, sent out on all of this. This is going to really take the confusion out of what is a trust, what is a will, what are all these different things. So check it out. Go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon and register for this coming uh, webinar, Basics in Estate Planning, this, this Wednesday. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Give us a ring. Let's open up the phone lines. Chris, it's open mic Saturday, which I enjoy. Give us a call with any questions at all on your estate planning, on taxes, on investments, on your 401K, government TSP, your IRAs, whatever it is that you are on your mind today, no holes barred. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org.
Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio, again, 855-ROSE-123. Give us a call now. Hey, Larry. Are you with me? Did I lose you? Um, I'm right here. I'm just listening <laughs> to the music, Chris. <laughs> You're ready to go. You go on the beach, right? You're ready for a little bit of sunshine and laying that's back. Right. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. Can we roll back and go back to uh, Memorial Day and start all over? Again yeah, that would, be, yeah, it would be nice. That would be nice. It sure would be. It yeah. sure would be. Hey, so you know, I just talked about our uh, webinar that's coming up this this week on Wednesday, and I mentioned that there's there's eleven different ways to actually title investment accounts, you know, joint tenancy with rights of survivorship, transfer on death, community property, community property with rights of survivorship, tenancy by entirety, tenancy in common, servality, I mean, just a whole bunch of them, life estates, custodian for minors, trustees, just a whole bunch of them. We're going to be going over all this information. Every time you title an account, that will dictate to you how the taxes are going to be paid. Either while you own that investment, whether it's real estate or, or you know, stocks or whatever it may be, or when you dispose of it, you know. Uh, so it's important to really take a good look and understand that, how it really works as far as all that goes. And one of the things, too, that I wanted to talk about today in the show is sort of the breakdown difference. You've heard me talk many, many times on on product diversification, okay? Product diversification is so key. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you take a look at an investment account, you've got the choice of, of ETFs, ETNs, mutual funds, both open-end and closed-end mutual funds, stocks, bonds, annuities, all kinds of things, right? You've got all kinds of stuff that you can actually choose from inside investment accounts. And then you've got different strategies with things, too. And, and when you take a look at just the basics, the difference between ETFs and mutual funds, what, are the e- what is the basic difference? And this kind of goes to understanding what you own. Know what you own, right? Know what you own. And um, I think we're having a little trouble with the phone line, Chris, but uh, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, with any of your questions at all. Uh, but um, so, so, so getting back to the difference between mutual funds and ETFs, a mutual fund is bought and sold only once per day. If you're going to invest in a mutual fund, when you put money into that mutual fund, you get the closing price that day of the mutual fund. Versus if you bought an ETF, you get that price of that ETF the exact moment that the, that the trade goes through. So it trades intraday, okay? And a lot of times when you're looking to buy an ETF, when you buy them in the middle of the day, sometimes there's a little bit of a spread on the price because at the end of the day, the ETF has to do something called marking to the market. In other words, it has to match its price with the underlying investment, uh, the underlying holdings inside that investment, that basket, basket of investments. So you'll get a more accurate price at the end of the day on an ETF a lot of times, okay? 
But in a mutual fund, it's priced once per day, and that's after the market's closed, and it's based off the uh, the net asset value. Again, ETFs, will, their price will go up and down throughout the day. Both mutual funds and ETFs are actually pulled together. Uh, it's a pool of money from many, many different investors into whatever the investment objective is of that mutual fund or that ETF as far as that goes. So it's kind of like a, a basket of investments that holds hundreds and hundreds of stocks and things like that. Um, uh, so, so you know, there's pros and cons to each type of a product. Mutual funds are typically actively managed. In other words, there's a fund manager or a fund management team, um, and and uh, uh, turned up the, just a second here. I'm having some technical issues. Yeah, uh, just giving you a little technical. We were adjusting the volumes and stuff during the break, and I think uh, we turned up the wrong one. Then we had a little space dust in the air there. That's all, that's what we're hearing. So uh, yeah, well. How's that, Chris? I played with the number of the buttons there. <laughs> There's a, there should be another input one, that, a couple of other input ones. Maybe one of them's turned up and what shouldn't be. That's the, I think that's what's making our noise there. It's not horrible. We can still, you know, it's just a little. How's that? Is that better? That's a little louder. Well, yeah. we're going with louder then. Okay. Yeah, that's better. We, there you go. Yeah, no, I yep. can. You're 100% better now. Good job. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I get the question all the time, Larry, what is the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF? Because when you look at them, they both hold a bunch of stocks, right? And and there is fundamental difference. One one thing is typically, again, mutual funds are actively managed. You know, you, you have such a great advantage of, of, of uh, getting access to professional money management through a mutual fund. Uh, an ETF is usually typically more passively managed. You know, they, they don't tend to buy and sell, whereas a, a mutual fund, most of the time, there's a ma money manager or management team that's doing buying and selling inside that mutual fund. Uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in non-IRA type accounts, mutual funds can be a little bit more taxing because the fund managers are buying and selling throughout the year. And, and at the end of the year, they could kick out a capital gain, whereas in ETFs, oftentimes there's a much lower tax. Uh, there's really very, very little, if, if, if any at all, inside of an ETF, even in non-IRA accounts, until you ultimately sell it off. And so there's huge tax advantages when it comes to ETFs over most mutual funds. Now, that doesn't mean that ETFs are better, right? Uh, you know, there are some years when, when a passive... They were a novelty for a long time, which is kind of why... A lot they of were. They're, they're, it, you know? Yep. So, so some, some ETFs are, are uh, uh, outperform mutual funds, and some mutual funds outperform ETFs. You know, and that, that goes to the active versus passive conversation. Sometimes active management wins, sometimes passive management wins. Sometimes concentration wins, sometimes diversification wins. Sometimes domestic investment wins, sometimes international investment wins. So that's why you want to have a well-diversified across different asset classes, large company stocks, mid-size, small-size, international, across different style boxes, value, growth, or a combination called blend, product diversification, mutual funds, stocks, ETFs, closed-end funds, open-end funds, UITs, all different types of things, okay? You, you need to really take a look at, at what's inside your investment mixture as far as all that goes. So, so lots to really consider on what goes inside your portfolio and know why you own them. 
Are ETFs good for delivering income, or are mutual funds better for delivering income? That is a good question. That is a real good question, you know, because, you know, I was working with someone last week, and I was explaining to them that, you know, up until now in your life, your, your investment orientation has been grow, 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 and now it needs to be income and growth right? Income and growth, when you get close to or, or early in retirement, you still need your money to continue to grow, but you also need some of your money to produce an income stream for you. So in that particular case right there, what's going to be better for you? Something that gives you fund, dividends, right? An ETF, dividend stocks. Yeah. You know, there, there's a handful of different ways to put income into your retirement portfolio through through dividends. It may have changed now, but it was when the ETFs first started coming out, there really wasn't a lot of income-producing uh, versions of those with dividends and such. And there still aren't. Oh, okay. They there still they aren't a lot. They haven't really that. matured with that one yet. Then, I guess. Well, they're, they're more growth-oriented. They're more sector-oriented um, as far as that goes. Now, there are some out there, but not as many as mutual funds. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at a closed-end mutual fund, which trades in the secondary market, they tend to have higher yields. Um, now, there are some ETFs that, that are value-oriented that do have good yields, uh, but individual stocks do as well, you know. And one of the things, too, you have to ask yourself this question, which is a real interesting question that a lot of people overlook, you know. Chris, let's just pretend you retire today. Would you like the same income for the rest of your life, or would you like an increasing income? I'm never retiring, but, uh, you know, of course, in- increasing. Right. You want to have an increasing income. So doesn't it make sense to do some research and take a look at a basket of stocks that have in the past continuously increased their dividends over years? Yeah, yeah. it's a no-brainer, really. Exactly. You know, now dividends aren't guaranteed, right? But you want to look at track records and past performance, obviously, is no indication of future results for sure, right? But you want to take a look at your best educated guess, and if you can put together a basket of stocks – whether it's a mutual fund or an ETF in some cases, uh, or just a, a, a bunch of individual stocks, maybe 10 or 15 of them, what, whatever it may be, that have proven in the past they consistently increase their dividend each year, then your dividend income is going to continue to rise over time, giving you income in your retirement years without ever selling off any principal of the ownership of your shares. Think about that. You know, so now you have increasing dividends that are continuing to go up in your retirement years. So there's a lot of different ways to really build this thing out when it comes to, you know, getting to that point in your re- in your financial planning career, if you will, when you're when you're looking to deliver income, uh, your on your investment career when you're looking to deliver income in retirement years. So, uh, hey, give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. If you have questions on the different ways to go about shopping or putting income into your retirement, you know, checking account without selling off shares of ownership or things like that, you know, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Don't forget to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon and register for our estate planning webinar that's coming up this week. There's no cost for it. It's going to last an hour from 11 to 12 p.m. Eastern and then from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern as well. It's the same material. You can take both classes or one of them if you like. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Register right there. We're going to have people from all over the country on this, and we're going to break down estate planning. We're going to simplify it for you very, very easy. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. You listen to Making Money I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. 
You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal we've all heard the more risk you get the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments however can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns you can only water ski behind one boat at a time make sure your risk adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us today. Taking your phone calls, love to hear from you today. We've got some lines available for you if you'd like to call in. Again, 855 855- Rose one two three Larry. So Chris, we've talked a little bit about retirement. We're talking. We're doing our our estate planning webinar this coming Wednesday, and so what's on the retirement checklist? Two or right. three things. <laughs> Two or three things. Yeah, there you go. You can also watch us here. Uh, I forgot to announce this at the beginning of the show, but you know, uh, check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv. You can watch us live stream the show this morning on YouTube. But retirement checklist is kind of important, and and. You know, one of the things is the, the the toughest question, believe it or not, to answer for a lot of people is, when do I want to retire? It really is. It's a very tough question. We we see people all the time moving towards that retirement, and when, you know, you get closer and closer, people's eyes tend to get a little bit bigger and, you know, hey, what's going on here, right? You know, is it time to retire? Can I retire? What happens if this, that, and the other? It's and, getting and bigger so, in, the, in the rear view mirror and the front view mirror and everywhere. It's, you know, exactly. So let me give you a little bit of the secret sauce. I like secret sauce. On this. I do. You know, let's just pretend somebody's 55 and they say they want to retire at 65. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. And so as we get closer, 57, 60, 62, 64, all of a sudden their financial plan's going, yeah, you're going to retire next year, right? And uh, they're kind of going, I don't know. And one of the biggest things that I have found over the years is this, and this is the secret sauce in understanding how to go about doing this to see if you're ready. First of all, we need to start having almost monthly or bi-monthly cash flow meetings to take a look at drilling down what your real expenses are each month versus your income and what your investments can yield to you. And so what we do is we, like if somebody says, hey, I'm going to retire, let's say, in June of next year, Chris, we will start having monthly or bi-monthly meetings with those clients now up to that point to make sure that their cash flow and expenses are where they say that they're going to be. And then when they retire, we're going to continue to have those monthly meetings with them 
for several months down the road till we ultimately stretch back out to quarterly type meetings again. I guess you could actually, you know, turn the income and put it away somewhere and then sort of test your your strategy and live completely sure you could do that yeah Yeah. absolutely you can you know quote-unquote pretend to live off of what you think your retirement income is going to be you know but a lot of a lot of the gray matter if you will is well do i have enough and and are my expenses have i adequately estimated my expenses moving into retirement and so that's sort of the secret sauce behind it all is get that financial plan out and do these monthly meetings and taking a look up to and then through retirement for, for, for a good number of months so that, so that you as the client, you as the investor, could actually gain confidence into what your financial plan says. This alleviates a whole lot of worry, okay? It really does. It really, really does. And remember, worry is expensive, right, Chris? <laughs> yes, there you is. go. That's the new theme now, I right? like that. I'm Worry gonna, is expensive. I need to right? get a, a big echo behind you when you say that from now on. Right. You know, and, and another question is, where is your income going to come from? Where is your retirement income going to come from? How much are you going to get from Social Security, right? What, what can you expect from your employer's retirement plan? Where is all this money going to come from? How is it going to be moved from the growth orientation you've had all these years to income and growth orientation. I guess how right? debt would uh, debt would also sort of get in there. You want to get rid of most of that debt before you retire, right? Without a doubt, you yeah. want to get rid of the debt. That, 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 that's definitely for sure, Chris. You know, and, and when you take a look at also, you know, if, if think in your mind's eye, you, you've got your investment accounts, you know, and inside those investment accounts, you have to have certain investments that are geared towards long-term growth, that are geared towards medium-term growth that are geared toward the deliverance of income today at the same time. And so how do you break that down? What do you do? You know, if, if, if let's suppose that you're, you're moving into retirement and then the next year the market falls off a little bit by 10%. Mm-hmm. Well, the money that's inside your investment account should already be positioned to not be that much affected by a drop in the market because that bucket of money is is living by the rule of the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars need to be. And this is the most complicated and, quite frankly, the most expensive phase of financial planning. There's three phases, accumulation, distribution, and legacy. And we're talking about the distribution phase right now when you're looking to turn your, your dollars into income. I'm trying to give some insight here as to how this is done. There's many different ways to do it wrong, Okay, and there's a handful of days to a handful of ways to actually go about doing this correctly, and you need to take a look at at one of the fundamental rules: the closer in time you are to needing your income, to needing your money, the more conservative that basket of dollars has to be. And then, as the calendar flips forward and you continue to spend down some of those dollars, then you need to transfer or you need to move some money from a medium range growth position into a more conservative type of a position to deliver you the income at that particular point. And so there's a, you know, lot, there's several strategies to go about doing that. We call that sort of the quiet pool. You know, what's mm-hmm. the quiet pool of money doing these days for you? Where can you get the quiet pool of money? Banks, CDs, you know, the certificates of depreciation. Oh, excuse me. Certificates of deposit, <laughs> right? Right now, there yeah. You, there you go. Because, uh, you know, that's an old joke on Wall Street because yeah. it's not keeping pace with inflation. That's for sure. Inflation numbers are higher than the, than the yield on a CD. 
hence the certificate of depreciation, right? <laughs> so where are you going to get the yield? And you're going to get it in bonds, bond accounts, uh, quality dividend stocks as well. And and so so you know the the savers in the bank are going to continue to be to be punished and left behind from the inflation narrative right now for quite some time to come, uh, you know, down the road. Whereas your risk takers, people that are looking to get dividends from equities, probably are going to do, you know, uh, have a little bit of a better chance as far as that goes. So, you know, on the retirement checklist, how does this, how is this money going to come into your checking account? You know, think about this. You've got different sources of revenue. You've got Social Security. You may have a pension. You've got IRAs, 401Ks, non-IRA investment accounts, maybe an annuity. Who knows what you have, right? Do you take money out of one? Do you take a proportion out of all? Do you take money out of Roth now, early in retirement, or do you take money out of Roth IRAs later in your retirement years? What's the tax strategy with that? What happens if taxes go up? What happens if taxes go down? You know, do you have your money in the tax allocation strategies we've talked about for years? Four different tax buckets, right? The way the IRS views our investment dollars. So where's the money going to come from? What portion comes from this bucket of money? What portion comes from that bucket of money? Big, big questions. The and tax all bucket things- is more like a dump truck, though, man. I mean, you, you, they really do get you. Well, they do get you. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but we get them, too. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, we get we get to participate, you know, in the growth of of our nation's GDP through the stock market. Think about that. You know, just think about we get to we get to invest. We have the opportunity to invest in companies that that you go out and buy goods and services for every single day. That's true. You get to invest in in companies that are in your pantry, in your garage, and in your car, right? Think about that. You get to invest all of that stuff. You get to invest, Chris, in companies that are in your in in, in the radio studio that we're in right now, yeah. in your office where you work, all that kind of stuff. And as these firms grow over time, we as investors own shares in these companies, and we get to participate in the growth of these companies. And over time, in 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 a free open market capital uh, in, environment, and and uh, you know. Where else can you do that? Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. where where else where else can, can can you do that? Yeah, there's other exchanges and other places around the world, but you know, our nation, you know, it's the, gold, it is, the, it is the golden goose. There's no doubt. We we we, we it definitely gives opportunity with yeah. without a doubt in education, opportunity, uh, risk mediate. You know, uh, uh, watch, keeping your eye. I forget the name. Keeping your eye on risk, risk control parameters inside your investments. Know what you own. Look at it. Understand it, and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, you know. Should you consider early retirement? Getting back to this retirement checklist. Well, what is early retirement for you? You know, fifty-eight, sixty-two, sixty-nine. What is early retirement? It's all relative to your own individual household, right? When do you want to do that? I, I see so many people saying, Larry. You know. How do I get out of this stress game and and retire earlier from my, you know, quote unquote stress job and then, you know, maybe maybe sell screwdrivers at the hardware store Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning, right? It could be a lot of fun. You know, to, to supplement. Exactly. That's exactly right, you know. And and all of that can be done in your financial plan, you know? And and um, uh, if without a financial plan, you know, sort of giving you the vision, the headlights at night. 
down the road and sometimes even around the corner. Um, you know, what, what, what's the purpose of it? Why are you having these different investments? So, so that's going to help address the question. And, and the best way to address all of these questions on this retirement checklist that I'm talking about here is our financial planning toolkit. We have given out tens of thousands of these over the years, probably. I don't know how many, you know, 9,804, right? <laughs> Who knows, right? Um, but, you know, we've been doing the show for 17 years, so, you know, think about really? that, right? Yeah. Wow, yeah, we've there been you go. Been in a while now. And, Chris, you haven't changed a thing. No, you I haven't. the exact no, yeah. same. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly right. It might be a little bit less. Exactly yeah, right. Well, yeah. I think Bob got a haircut or two along the way. Not sure about that, right? <laughs> don't, don't mess. If you're looking me. at us on YouTube right now. Bob's waving his finger, going, "Nope, don't think so. Don't think Never so. Never gonna Not do it. Never gonna do it." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But you know, uh, on this retirement checklist, you know, if you want to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit, it's going to help you address these questions and some people's concerns. It's going to help you draw a line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And it's going to show you the ways to make changes and adjustments. And and you go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the front page, you'll see an example. It's about 90 seconds long of, of the way a, a, uh, a properly structured financial plan should really look, you know. And so, so that's kind of the deal there as, as far as all that goes. Check it out. It's important. It's really important to, to build your stuff through a financial plan. Um, again, what distribution choices are best for your needs? Should you own an annuity or not? You know, you turn on the TV, you hear people say, oh, we love yeah. annuities. You hear people say, we hate annuities. Yeah. Back and forth. Reverse in the mortgages, threat. all that stuff. What's the cost? Yeah, exactly. What's yeah. the cost with all of this stuff? How do you manage your mortgage? You know, all different types of things. Beneficiary form. Very, very important. We'll be discussing that this coming week in our webinar on basics and estate planning on beneficiary forms as well. Yeah, so. you guys need to get signed up for that. That's a wonderful webinar. Yep. Hey, check it out. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar button in the top right-hand corner and sign up for it. It's an hour long. You can do it in the, in the privacy of your own home, in your business, in your car, on your phone. It doesn't matter at all. It's free. We're going to be breaking down. The confusion when it comes to basics in estate planning, we're going to show you the 11 different ways to title accounts and the tax impact on all of that. Uh, there's no cost for the webinar. Again, visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up under the seminar button. It's just a couple of clicks away, and we'll be sending you out a Zoom link just prior to the webinar, two of them, this coming Wednesday from 11 to 12 a.m., and then from... Uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the same material for both, so you can take both classes if you want, uh, or you just one or one or the other. It doesn't matter. So it's we're going to reinforcement quick... if you want to take both those classes. We do have a lot of people that do that. Which, yep, yeah. yep, we do. We do see that. So, so, and there's people from all over the country on these webinars. So it's a lot of fun. We'll have live Q and A. You can hit a button, interrupt me, and ask questions, and I'm more than happy to do it. We've got plenty of time baked in. A lot of these webinars, you know, we do have plenty of time baked in for Q&A, and a lot of these webinars, we end up having good discussions yeah, and, really good. And, and, and all different things on them just based off of your questions. We want to deliver to you 
the proper education and financial planning, covering accumulation, distribution, and legacy planning, all three phases. So we're going to take a quick break. Let's keep our phone lines open. Give us a ring here, 855-ROSE-123. With any investments at all, any questions at all on your investments, financial planning, retirement checklist, whatever's on your mind today, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. We've been appreciating those uh, chat questions that come in now and again. We appreciate you doing that. One of them uh, just came in, Larry, and I, and I thought I would pass it along to you um, if you'd like to field one of those. And, again, don't forget, you can always put those, those uh, questions in the chat box right there on YouTube. This, this question is, is about uh, long-term um, retirement. How long will your money last, and how do you figure that out? Well, your money will last until it runs out, Chris, and then you'll figure it out real quick, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a calculation. You've got to figure it out. That's what planning is all about, right? Right. Now, there's a couple of rules of thumb, you know, like if you, if you decide that you want to take out 4% a year of your investment dollars uh, and you're in a, a just a generic 25% bond mix oh, and 75% stock mix, you've got a very strong probability of not running out of money over 30 years. Yeah. And so that's sort of the baseline math behind it, and then you go from there as far as you calculations and such. There's quite a few of them there. It sounds yeah, like. but you've got taxes that are going to go up and down. You've got inflation that's going to go yep. up and down. You've got spending that's going to go up and down, and income that's going to go up and down. Yep. And so investment remixes and things like that. Remember this too: that asset allocation selection, where your money is, is going to represent over ninety percent or so of your portfolio's long-term rate of return. That's important to couple that in as well. 
Hey, let's go ahead and welcome Jenna on the line from Sterling. Good morning, Jenna. How are you? Oh, good morning, Larry. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Oh, yes. You were just talking about bonds and um, uh, CDs. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have a CD that's about to mature. And I'm wondering if I can change that little CD that, of course, is not making much, but more than the banks, into buying bonds and how I would do that. That's my big question. How do you go about getting great bonds or finding out what you want to do with that, you know, once your, your CD has matured? Sure, Jenna. First thing you need to do is you need to let the bank know that you do not wish to roll it over to another time deposit, okay? Mm -hmm. That way you won't have a penalty if you decide to move it to bonds. And then you have to take a look at the different ways that you can, as an investor, buy bonds. You can buy individual bonds or you can buy bond mutual funds uh, or ETFs. So when you, when you look at buying individual bonds – or when you, when you look at buying bonds, you have to take a look at interest rates, too. Remember the teeter-totter when we were kids, you know, the seesaw? Mm-hmm. You'd be on one side, I'd be on the other, and, and, exactly. and I would go down and you'd go up, right, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so bonds kind of work that way as well. If interest rates rise, okay, so, so on one side of the bond street, you have interest rate sensitivity. On the other side of the bond street, you have credit sensitivity. So if interest so if you're buying bonds that are subject to interest rate movement, if interest rates go up, then the price or the principal of your bonds drop, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like that seesaw. Now, mm-hmm. if interest rates drop, then the price of your bonds go up. So we have to ask the question today, where are interest rates and where are they going? Well, we know right. interest rates are at rock bottom. They're mm-hmm. probably going to go up at some point in the future, right? So that means that that you want to move away from interest rate sensitive bonds to more credit sensitive bonds because when you get to the other side of the bond street, your credit sensitivity bonds, as the economy continues to expand and interest rates tend to rise, usually those bonds tend to go up in value. And they okay. tend, in some cases, to pay today, they're paying a little bit higher dividend rate or yield. So that's the basics of breaking that down. Then you take a look at do I want to buy individual bonds or bond mutual fund, okay? So if you're wanting to shop the bond market and build your own bond portfolio, then, you know, good luck with that. But it's a lot easier to find a bond mutual fund that that handles that issue for you. And that's the a way that I would break it A mutual fund, did you say? Exactly, yes. A mutual fund that's made up of a lot of bonds. And then that way you can take a look at it a lot easier without having to do all the investment research on all the companies and and all that kind of stuff. The mutual fund company will do that for you. So so that's really the scenario there. And then, then, you know, I'll be happy to send you out information on just what I described as far as shopping bonds pretty much, Mm -hmm. the different Mm -hmm. types and things like that. Sure. But your 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 process is this is to take a look at and then and then in the bond world, just like stocks, Jenna, you can have different levels of risk in bonds. You can okay. have bonds that are a little bit more risky, a little bit more modern, and a little bit more conservative than others. Okay. Oh, okay. Based mm-hmm. off of the backing of the company or the government or municipality or whatever it is that, that you're buying the bond from. So there's a lot involved with it. So a little bit of education, but the purpose here to answer your question on your call is today the bond yields are paying more than what the banks are going to pay when you renew your your CD and that's right. what we have to go after exactly uh-huh.
I'll tell you what, I'll put you on hold, Jenna. Bob will get your contact information. We'll have someone reach out to you next week and get this information out to you, okay? That'd be great. Thanks so much. Yep. Let me put you on hold. Appreciate the okay. phone call. We have uh, other people on the on the line, but I've got uh, music in my ear here. We've got to close out the show in the next 45 seconds or so. So callers that are on the line, I appreciate it. Uh, I will pick you up. I'll stay in studio after we close out the show. Not a problem. And uh, I'm happy to answer your questions then. So check us out, LarryRosenthal.com, for our upcoming estate planning webinar this coming Wednesday from 11 to 12 a.m. Eastern Time and from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time as well. There's no cost for it. It's going to be an hour on estate planning. Check it out. Go register right now. So for Bob in the back, Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. And we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.